Welcome to Church Alive. We're located in the heart of Rutherford, New Jersey, and we're ready to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome home. Hey, we're about to be blessed today. We were um, so blessed last night to have uh, Pastor Josh Kimes with us, brought an incredible word last night. He said he's even going to preach doubly as good this week. I mean, to, uh, tonight, this morning. He saved the best for last. How many know that God saves the best for last? But no, incredible word last night, and I know you're going to be blessed today. So can we honor him as he comes up to deliver the word? Come on, can we give it a shout? Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we thank God for everything that He is doing at Church Alive? And it's awesome. It's amazing. You guys can take a seat. And I know you've, you've done a lot of clapping, but can we thank God for the worship team, all the volunteers, your pastors, Anthony and Miriam? Come on. Can we really thank God and honor everything that God is doing? Amazing. I feel like I'm with family today, and I had a lot of fun last night at the Saturday night service. If you haven't been to church on a Saturday night, I would encourage you to check it out. It, it was awesome in there. And uh, this is great today in the gymnasium. Church in a sauna. It's awesome. We can lose calories and uh, just get a workout in while we're hearing the Word. It's amazing. I, I love God. It's awesome. Uh, but I, I, my wife and I, uh, we moved to New York about four years ago now, just over four years, uh, to help launch Hillsong New York City. And uh, it's been a whole lot of fun. Uh, first four years, we were living in Brooklyn. And uh, Brooklyn's just crazy, all right? Like, if you've, maybe you've lived there or you, you travel to Brooklyn. Um, we had to get out of Brooklyn. So we just moved to New Jersey the other week, and uh, we're loving Jersey. It's awesome. We, we have an 18-month-old baby girl, and uh, I just needed her to, to breathe in clean air. And, uh, I mean, that's not too much to ask. Like, Brooklyn is full of the air smells like the devil's lettuce, and I just need to get her in a, in a healthy environment, and uh, it, it's awesome. I need to show you a photo of my little girl, Lila Rose. I've got a photo. Look at her. That's my little girl, 18 months old, and uh, you need to pray for her because she needs Jesus, all right? I mean, she, we were at a first birthday party yesterday, and she made out with the birthday boy, and uh, I, I told the Saturday night service, I, I remind my daughter all the time, her name is Lila, not Delilah. And so we got to be praying for her salvation. And, uh, but she's, she's beautiful. I love her. That's how she looks at all the boys. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You can, you can take that off. But uh, do you bring a Bible with you to church this morning? Do you love your Bible? I love my Bible. This is not just some book. Uh, not just some ancient relic. This is the Word of God, and it is alive and powerful and truth. This Word, which was written over 1,500 years, 44 different authors separated by time and culture and social status, yet not one book really contradicts the other, but it, it points people to Jesus, revealing who we are and who we're called to be. I love it. If you've got your Bible, I want you to go with me to the book of Mark. The book of Mark. Just look at someone and say, Mark. And it feels good to not be the only Australian in the room, Pastor Anthony. It's, it's, just, it's a good feeling. Uh, the book of Mark, chapter 8, and I just want to read a few verses to you, starting in verse 22. And uh, if you are single in this place this morning, you can just go ahead. You start highlighting the whole chapter, chapter 8. In fact, just get in the habit of just highlighting uh, your Bible. It makes you look more spiritual. It'll impress that person you're wanting to impress. You just go right ahead. But verse 22 
It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, Jesus is just crazy, people. Spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. If you're taking notes this morning, the title of this message is Don't Settle for Trees. Don't settle for trees. Just look at someone and say, don't settle for trees. Uh, I just need to... Be upfront, this isn't an environmental message, okay? I love trees, but this isn't about saving trees. This isn't about smoking trees. Uh, don't settle for trees. Let me pray, and then we're going to dive right into this. Jesus, I thank you for the privilege and honor it is to be here this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is life. I pray, God, in these next few moments that you would bring your word to life in our hearts, that that you might speak to every single person in this place. God, for anyone this morning who's coming to church feeling a little bit down and discouraged, Lord, I pray that you would speak life and speak hope and speak courage into people's souls this morning. I pray that you would open up our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to understand what you want to say to us through your word. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 I don't know if you have a bucket list, but I've got a bucket list. Like when I'm old and gray, like I want to have stories to tell my kids and my grandkids and my great, great grandkids. Like I want to live an adventure. John 10, 10, Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full. And so I want to live a life full of stories. And I don't know what you have on your bucket list, but one of the things I have on my bucket list, had on my bucket list, was to come into contact with silverback gorillas in the wild, okay? I know it might seem strange. Maybe that's not on your bucket list. It was on mine. In June 2006, I got to tick that off my bucket list. It was absolutely amazing. I was on a missions trip in Africa. Shared a story last night about this missions trip. And the very last day we were on this missions trip, we got to go and, and visit, visit, really, trekking through the jungle to find some silverback gorillas. And we were on the border of... Rwanda and the Congo, and it was just this amazing bucket list experience. There were these soldiers with us to protect us, and they had these machine guns, and it was just awesome, and then I found out the machine guns weren't to protect us. They were to protect the gorillas, because people were trying to steal the gorillas, and uh, so I didn't feel really safe at that point, but we start trekking through the jungle, and you know, we paid a whole bunch of money. There was no guarantee we would even see the gorillas. But, I mean, we were, we were pretty confident. And, and they taught us a few survival tips. You know, if, if a gorilla was to come at us, they, they first thing they said was, don't run. And I'm like, okay, great. Don't run. Big gorilla coming for me. Don't run. And then they taught us what they phrased the submission position. And the submission position went a little something like this. If a gorilla was to come towards you, you wouldn't make eye contact with the gorilla. You would try and cower and just kind of bend over like this. And just that, this was the submission position. That was it. So I'm like, that's easy. We've got this. So we start trekking through the jungle. About two hours into our journey, walking through the jungle, we had not seen a thing. And I've got to be honest with you, some people enjoy hiking. I don't really enjoy hiking, all right? Like, it's not really my thing. You know, I, if I'm going to hike, I'll, 
I'll hike my way to a spa, okay? I'm comfortable with my manhood. But everyone else like, no, no, we got to push on. I'm like, guys, can we just give up? Like, can we just take a photo of a photo? I mean, we've seen some pretty cool things. We've seen some, some birds and some trees, and it's been awesome. But they're like, no, no, let's keep pushing through. And eventually, we come across this family of silverback gorillas, and it was absolutely incredible. There was the big daddy silverback King Kong gorilla. His name was Charles, and Charles was there, and, and his kids were all around, and his wife, and I don't know how they do it in the gorilla kingdom, but he had a few different wives and girlfriends. I mean, there was a whole bunch of gorillas, and we're taking photos. We're like, this is amazing, and Somehow, I got between Charles and one of his babies, and one of his babies wasn't really smart, fell out of a tree, and makes this squealing sound, and so Charles starts heading in my direction, and Charles is not happy at all. King Charles, he thinks that, that I'm about to steal his baby gorilla, and so he's like ripping trees apart, coming towards me, and I mean, this is going on in slow motion for me. And my friends and some of the other pastors that were around start yelling out, assume the position. So I'm like, this is it. This is my moment. And Charles is coming towards me and I just go down and I'm just kind of submitting there. But I realized that I was in Charles's direct path. And so he was about to, to crush me. And so I dive out of the way and I dive right onto my boss, my pastor. And when I dived on top of him, I finagled my way underneath him, so now he's on top. <laughs> I mean, it was survival instinct just kicked in. If Charles was going to rip apart one of us, it was going to be my boss. And eventually Charles got past, and everything was okay. And I eventually moved aside, and I apologized. I'm like, sorry, boss, nothing personal, but uh, you're older than I am. I've got more years to live. I just figured uh, it, was, it was a little bit awkward. But I'm so glad that day that, that my friends didn't allow me to settle because I was ready to go back. I was ready to throw in the towel, but had we have settled, we, we would have never seen Charles the Silverback Gorilla. Never would have been able to tick off this bucket list experience. If we had have settled, we would have never seen. Do you know how easy it is to, to settle in life without even realizing you're settling? See, so often we can settle for a life of insecurity because we've been insecure for so long, we forget what security feels like. But we settle for the way things are because that's the way things have always been. We can so easily settle for a life of average and a life of mediocrity, becoming comfortable with our dysfunction. And without even realizing it, we can settle for someone we were, were never called to be. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this down. When you settle for who you are today, you sabotage who you're called to be tomorrow. I'll say that again. When you settle for who you are today, you sabotage who you're called to be tomorrow. And perhaps this blind man in Mark chapter 8 had settled. It says in verse 22, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. It's interesting that this blind man is standing face to face with Jesus, face to face with the only one that has the power to heal him, and he says absolutely nothing. Like, I don't know about you, but if I've got an issue that needs fixing, and I'm right there with Jesus, like, I'm going to say something. Like, this blind man was blind, but he wasn't mute. He could speak, and he says absolutely nothing. Like, I'm going to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help a brother out. Jesus, heal me. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, do something. And yet this man is absolutely silent. And his friends are crying out to Jesus on his behalf. I mean, this is awkward. Could it be that this blind man's silence was 
indicative of him settling for his reality? Could it be that he'd been so used to life the way it was, so used to a life of begging, so used to being led by the voice of the crowd, so used to, to living this life that he'd become comfortable, not expecting much to change, not believing for anything to change in his life. I mean, this is just the way things are. These are the cards that I've been dealt. This is just the way it is. I've got to accept it. Could it be that, that we sometimes do the same? That we settle for life as it is and, and life as we know it? That we're sometimes some of us are so used to being led by our own fears and our own insecurities, so used to struggling with the addictions and, and habits that we've always struggled with, that instead of hoping, we, we settle for coping. We stop asking for things to change. We, we silently settle for the reality of our today. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this down. When you settle for your reality, you silence your God-given ability to change it. When you settle for your reality, you silence your God-given ability to change it. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that because of Jesus, we don't have to settle for our reality. Because of Jesus, we don't have to stay the same. We don't have to struggle with the same things we've struggled with in the past. Because Jesus died and rose again, you and I, we can move forward. We can rise above whatever it is that's trying to take us out in life. We can keep moving forward and keep believing and keep pressing on. This is the God that we serve. And the first thing I love about our text this morning is that even though this blind man was silent and settled, his friends weren't. The Bible says that they brought him to Jesus and begged Jesus to heal him. I'm thankful for the friends in my life that, that haven't allowed me to settle. So thankful for the friends in my life that have seen more for my life than, than I have. Friends who, in discouraging seasons, don't allow you to just stay at home, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix with Nutella all over your face. I mean, you know, the friends that are there for you when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. The friends that, that speak life no matter what. The friends that pray for you behind your back instead of gossip behind your back. The friends that, that keep believing and keep sowing into your life. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be that kind of friend. I want to be a friend that speaks life in every season. I want to be a friend that, that fights to see others succeed and others break through and break free. It says in Proverbs 17, 17 that a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Just turn to someone and say, will you be my friend? You'd be my friend. If you don't know that person, that's really awkward. Maybe don't say that, or I don't want to freak anyone out, especially if you're new or visiting. Uh, verse 23 says this, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. I want you to catch this. No doubt there were crowds following Jesus. No doubt there was a whole lot of people around. No doubt it was loud, and yet Jesus takes him by the hand and leads him away from the crowd leads him away from the usual voices, away from everything that he's relied on in his past. Because in some ways, the chaos to the crowd can be comforting. You see, the crowd says, just accept who you are. The crowd says, you don't need to change. The crowd says, just, just survive, just get by, just settle. But I love that Jesus led him away from the crowd because sometimes you've got to draw away from the crowd if you're going to draw near to God. Verse 23 goes on to say, Then spitting on the man's eyes, 
he laid hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? Spitting on the man's eyes. Perhaps this blind man was used to being spit on. Perhaps he was thinking, well, here, here we go again. But no, this, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh. And when Jesus spits in the face of your expectations, it's because he's got something better for you. It's because he's got more in store for you because he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. This is our God. I wonder if you're okay with Jesus doing something unexpected in your life. I wonder if you're okay with, with God messing up your plans just a little bit. Because the same way he took this blind man and, and led this blind man by the hand, I believe that Jesus wants to take you by the hand. He wants to lead you, wants to strengthen you, wants to guide you, wants to be your sense of hope, your source of peace, and your source of strength in life. So Jesus leads him away, spits in his face, and then says to the man, can you see anything now? Verse 24, the man looked around. Yes, he said. Turn to someone and say yes. I see dead people. That's not what the Bible says right there. No, the man says, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. This man's response is interesting because it indicates that, that he's seen before. He knows what trees look like, and he knows what people are supposed to look like. So, so sight is not something brand new to him. In fact, sight is something that he's lost along the way. And maybe you're in this place this morning, and maybe at one point you, you had a clear vision for your life. Maybe in one season you had a clear vision for the person you wanted to be and what you wanted to do, clear vision for your business, your workplace, your relationships. But somewhere along the way, what was clear became cloudy. Somewhere along the way, maybe you were discouraged. Maybe you got disappointed. Maybe you were taken advantage of. Maybe somewhere along the way, someone you really cared about said something to you that crippled you on the inside and you can no longer see life clearly. No longer see life the way you're meant to see life. Maybe tonight, today you've, you've settled. Can't see the way that you used to. Can't see a way out. Can't see a way through. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Come on, can we thank Jesus that even when we can't see a way out, He can see a way out. Even when we can't see a way through, He can see a way through. Jesus lays hands on him and says, can you see anything now? And he says, yes. I think a lot of us would have stopped at yes. Yeah, Jesus, I see something. Jesus, you, you, you've done something in my life. I mean, I, I, I can't see clearly, but I mean, this is definitely improvement from what it used to be. Jesus, okay, I don't really have time to stick around. You've started something. I'm cool. I'll take it from here. I mean, I got to watch the game this afternoon, playoffs, okay, Clippers, Rockets. I got to get out of here, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done, but, but I'm out. See, I think a lot of us would have stopped and settled because this man was so used to settling for being blind, it would have been easy for him to settle for seeing trees. I mean, Christians do this all the time. Well, it's not perfect, but it's, it's better than the way it used to. I'm, I'm okay with settling. Well, I, I like this girl, and, and I mean, she doesn't love Jesus, but uh, I mean, we watched the Noah movie together, and so I mean, she said she's gonna come to church with me in 2017. I mean, so I, I mean, I'm okay with, with, with settling. I mean, I, 
I've been praying for quite some time and it hasn't really worked out yet, but my life isn't as bad as theirs, so I'm just going to stop praying. I'm okay with settling. I mean, I'm still sick, but I'm not as sick as them. I'm okay with settling. But I love this man's honesty. And I love his boldness. He wasn't going to fake it. He wasn't going to pretend. He wasn't going to settle for better than nothing. I mean, we can learn something from him today. We've got to be honest with Jesus. We've got to be honest with ourselves. I don't know if you've ever tried to convince yourself that something was fine, but it really wasn't. I remember dating my wife. We'd been dating for quite some time, and it was Valentine's Day, and you know, I thought I had this incredible date planned, but I, I forgot to book the restaurant, and so we get into the city in Sydney, and everything was booked out, and so we ate at this horrific restaurant. It was disgusting, and then on the way back home, I'm dropping her home. I didn't fill up my car with gas, and so we ran out of gas on the highway on Valentine's Day, and I mean, I was trying to encourage myself the whole time, like, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. It's fine, and you know, I'm walking into a doorstep, and I'm like, this is terrible. Like, I may never see this girl again. Like, if I was her, I wouldn't keep dating me. Like, I'm a terrible boyfriend. And I remember just being honest with her. I'm like, hey, Leona, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but that date really sucked. Like, I, I apologize. And I totally understand if you want to just be friends. Like, I don't blame you. Like, this is your out right now. And, and, and she's like, you know what? It's, it's fine. It's kind of funny. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, oh. Okay. She's like, I really like you. I'm like, oh, well, I, I really like you. And then, you know, I went in 90%. You know, it was hitch approved, this kiss. I went 90. She came the other 10. And I mean, I just, I floated home that night. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> Some of us today, it's time to, to be honest. For some of us today, it's time to have an honest conversation with someone that we love. It's time to be honest with our friends, honest with our leaders and pastors, honest with our spouses. You can't go wrong with honesty. Jesus says, can you see anything now? Man's like, yeah, I, I can see something, Jesus. Uh, you've done something, and I appreciate what you've done, but, but Jesus, I don't want to offend you because you're like God in the flesh and all, but like... Like, what I'm seeing is pretty blurry, Jesus. Like, you know, the people kind of look like trees, and there's just, like, branches and leaves everywhere. And, God, I feel like you can do better. And I love what Jesus does. Verse 25, then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. I mean, verse 25 is one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture because it reminds me that Jesus doesn't half do anything. Jesus doesn't start something in your life and then change his mind, causing you to wipe the spit off your face and keep struggling in life. No, Jesus doesn't just do good enough. He does good. It is his nature. It is his character. We serve a good God. And better than nothing is not the best God has for you. Come on, if you believe it, let's give him some praise. God's got more in store for you this morning. You know, Mark's gospel is the only gospel to record this miracle. And I'm so glad that he does. Because sometimes your breakthrough is not always instant. Sometimes your miracle doesn't happen straight away. Sometimes you've got to keep praying and keep believing and keep pushing through. Sometimes it feels like you've got spit on your face. Sometimes it feels like nothing is happening. 
Sometimes God doesn't work within the time frame we so graciously give him. But that doesn't mean that God's not moving. It doesn't mean that God's not doing something on the inside of you. It doesn't mean that he's not working behind the scenes and beneath the surface. It doesn't mean that you've been forgotten or overlooked in life. It says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God's made everything beautiful in its time. There's an area in your life that's not beautiful right now. Just, just give God more time. Because God is at work on your behalf. What God has said, God will do. What God has promised, God will provide. What God has started, God will finish. Philippians 1.6, He that began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Hebrews 12.2, He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. As we bring this to a close this morning, maybe I get some, the keys up here to help me sound a little more spiritual. Thank you so much. The team can come up in a moment. I just want to give you one area you see clearly when you don't settle for trees. I believe this is going to help you today. One area you see clearly when you don't settle for trees, if you take a notes, write this down, you see yourself clearly. When you don't settle for trees, when you don't settle for life the way it is, when you don't settle for average or mediocrity, you see yourself clearly. I wonder how you see yourself today. Because how you see yourself will, will influence how you see others and how others see you. And when you see yourself clearly, you don't cling to the need for approval and acceptance because you know that you already are. But you see, too many of us have settled for trees. Too many Christians, too many people have, have settled for a distorted image of themselves, distorted for a, a false reality of who they're called to be. So many people have settled and so they don't see themselves clearly, they don't see life clearly, and they find themselves constantly just bumping into things in life. People find themselves just bumping into bad relationships because they don't see themselves clearly. People find themselves just bumping into negativity and, and bumping into guilt and, and bumping into mediocrity and, and bumping into bad habits and, and addictions, bumping into things because we've settled for our reality and we don't think we deserve any better. But you need to know today that God's got more in store for you. I wonder when you look in the mirror, I wonder what you see this morning. So when everyone looks in the mirror, everyone sees something. You know, for a lot of people, I've got my little mirror here, my awesome little purple mirror. Borrowed it from Magno. Thank you, Magno, for letting me borrow your mirror. Wow, I'm sweating a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, for some people, when they look in the mirror, some people love what they see. I mean, they can't wait to get in front of that mirror. They're like, whoo, God, you've done good with me. Hey. Hey, Poppy, you look good. I mean, some people, when they look at they love it. They start quoting Psalm 139. God, marvelous are your works. Oh, God, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, some people love the mirror. But you know, for the most part, for most people, they don't, they don't like the mirror. They don't like looking at themselves in the mirror because when they look at themselves in the mirror, they're reminded of everything they're not. When they look at themselves in the mirror, they're reminded of their fears and their failures, the things they haven't done, 
the promises they've broken. They, they can't stand looking at themselves in the mirror. I know even in my own life, there's been times when, when I've tried to convince God that he's got the wrong person. I've looked at myself in the mirror. I'm like, God, surely you couldn't use someone like me. God, I'm too insecure for what you're calling me to do. God, I don't come from the right family. I didn't go to the right school. I don't, I'm not spiritual enough. I don't know enough. I don't pray enough. God, you can't use me. And then one day, I realized that I'd been looking in the wrong mirror. I realized that I needed to look to the mirror of this word and allow what God sees and what God says shape my life. Because who knows that what you see and what God sees can be completely different. Like you might look in this mirror and see guilt, but God sees grace. You might look in the mirror and see a failure, but God sees a future. You might see weakness, but God sees strength. And I want to encourage you if what you see in the mirror doesn't line up with what God sees, you, you need a new mirror. You need to get into this word and allow this word to shape your life. And instead of telling yourself who you're not, tomorrow when you get up, you need to start telling yourself who you are. No, I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am the head and not the tail. I am the light of the world. I am chosen, anointed, set apart. I'm an heir to the throne. I am complete in Jesus. I don't need anyone else to complete me, Jesus. I'm complete in you. I am more than a conqueror. I'm more than an overcomer. That's how you've got to see yourself when you get up. That's how you've got to see yourself when you're at that interview. That's how you've got to see yourself in life. I'm not settling for more of the same. I'm not settling for insecurity. I'm not settling for mediocrity. I'm not settling for more excuses. I'm not settling for fear or doubt. I'm not settling for trees when I know Jesus has more in store for me to see. And can you imagine for a moment what our lives would look like if we could see ourselves clearly? Like if we could see ourselves the way God saw us and live from that perspective and live from that posture in life. Imagine the life we would live. Imagine how confident we would be. Imagine how secure we would be on the inside, how encouraging we would be to be around. I mean, we wouldn't compare or compete any longer. We wouldn't be intimidated by others' success. No, we begin to, to celebrate the wins of others and celebrate the success of others. We'd be more fun to be around. Don't settle for trees. If you know the person you want to be, don't, don't settle for trees. If you're single and you know the type of person you want to be with, don't settle for trees. If God's being good to you, don't settle for trees. If God's spoken to you, don't settle for trees. If God is with you, don't settle for trees. If God is for you, don't settle for trees. Don't settle for trees. Don't settle for trees. Because Jesus never settled when it came to you. Jesus never settled when it came to us. Jesus hung on a tree for us. Hung on a cross for us. So that we didn't have to settle for our sin. So that we could be forgiven and set free on the inside. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this place this morning. I'm going to wrap this up in a minute. But it would be my honor to pray for anyone in here. And you realize today that you don't have your own personal relationship with Jesus. Maybe as I've been speaking, you've realized that you've, you've just settled in life. Settled for life as you know it. And today, you, 
you realize that, that perhaps there's more in store for you. Do you know today that God is real, that God loves you, that God has so much in store for you? Do you know that there is nothing that can separate you from His love? Nothing you could ever do. The Bible says that He's placed eternity in our hearts. There's this longing on the inside of every single one of us that craves connection with our Creator. There's this void on the inside that God placed there, and only He can fill it. And until we realize that, we do our best in life, struggling and striving, competing and comparing, trying to do life on our own, trying to fill that void with all the things we think might satisfy, like success and money and image and reputation and relationships, the next high, the next hit. But it all falls short because only Jesus truly satisfies. Only Jesus can forgive you for your past. And the Bible says we all need forgiveness. Only Jesus can set you free. Only Jesus can give you a future secure in Him. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I'm just going to count to three. And if there is anyone under the sound of my voice today, and you need to make your peace with God, I'd ask with no one looking around and no hesitation for you to just raise your hand just high enough and long enough for me to see it. And I'll include you in this very simple prayer. Pray with you right where you're at today. One, Jesus loves you. He died and rose again so you could have life. Two, the Bible says that right now, is a time for salvation. Don't wait another day. Three, if that's you, say, I want to know this Jesus. I want to know I'm forgiven. You just raise your hand. I'll pray for you in a moment. Maybe at one point, it's awesome. He sees you today. You're not just a face in the crowd. He knows you by name. The past is the past, the Bible says. This is the start of a brand new chapter in your life. Maybe at one point you were walking with God, but if you were honest this morning, Something inside of you is settled on the inside and you just feel so distant from God, so disconnected from God's grace. And today you're like, you know what, Jesus, I need to come back into right relationship with you. I, I've walked away from you on the inside and I want to get things right. I want to recommit my life to you this morning. If that's you, why don't you join the hand already up and I'll include you in this prayer. A few more seconds. It's awesome. It's awesome. He sees you. So cool. He sees you this morning. It's amazing. He loves you. So much in store for you. It's so cool. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. It feels good. It feels freeing. Say, Jesus, I, I need you. I want to get things right. It's awesome. Hands down. Church, can we stand to our feet? And as we stand, come on, can we put our hands together and thank God for people making the greatest decision that you'll ever make? It's amazing. The Bible says you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, then you are saved and enter into this adventure with God. And so uh, we're going to pray this very simple prayer. And, uh, and then there's one more group that I want to pray for before I, I pass it back. But as one big family, why don't you repeat this after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I know he died and rose again for me. Right now I turn from my own way and I turn to you. Thank you that you love me, that you believe in me. By your grace, I'm saved. By your power, I'm set free. Today is a new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. It's awesome. Hey guys, Pastor Anthony here. Hope so much that this message just impacted your life. 
in an amazing way. If it did, feel free to share it on one of the social media outlets. And if it really impacted you, feel free to also email us at connect at churchalive.tv. Stay connected online and on our website. We'd love to have you in either Clifton or Rutherford. See you soon.